Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarnath Regan. Well, uh, we've established in the first few episodes of this series with Sonia O'Sullivan, who's here with me virtually. Hello, Sonia. Good morning. Yeah, I'm here. Still in Cove. We, well, I think, Sonia, one thing we've established really quickly for people is that getting running is much easier than you think. That's what the aim of this series was. You just throw on a pair of runners and out you go, one foot in front of the other, as Sonia says, and you can do it. But as you begin to take it more seriously or you've even signed up for 5k like I did for Jigsaw a few weeks back or even a marathon long race, you may be looking to invest in high-tech gadgets to streamline the process and help you get past that finish line. Well, advances in technology have led to handy little devices for runners everywhere so you can monitor, record and track your improvements as you start to log those additional k. But how do you make sense of it, Sonia? That's the question. There's so much of it out there. Who better to help us through this and all of our our listeners understand what's free and what we should spend our hard-earned money on than Jess Kelly from News Talk, who is, if you haven't heard Tech Talk, her Apple podcast and show on News Talk, it's absolutely brilliant. Jess, it's fantastic to have you on to help us through this maze. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invite, although I do feel like I should set my stall. I'm more of a waddler than a runner. So like, I like to think <laughs> that I'm too. fit. Me too. Me too. Really, it's like I, I waddle around Leopardstown with a big puffy face on me going about a minute, uh, a mile a second. I think it's, it's not very impressive. <laughs> well, we definitely don't judge here, right? Sonia's taught me that at least, that this isn't about elite running. This show is all about everybody trying to get going, right, Sonia? Yeah, well, you know, everybody, everybody's a runner, you know, whatever level you're at. And, um, you know, I suppose we all relate in some way or another. You just have to adjust it to your own level to, you know, to enjoy it the most you can. But that also means that we all want to be wearing the same shoes and, you know, watching the same gadgets and timing ourselves. So, yeah, that's where I suppose we're going to have a chat today about what is essential and uh, what can you get away with, I suppose, without having to go out there and uh, break the bank. Absolutely. I mean, Sonia, you, <laughs> the first time we started talking about making this show, I was astonished to know that you are mad into technology. Like, I'm I'm just a gadget head. Maybe it's because part of me thinks that if, if I have the gadget, then I'm more likely to do the thing. What sparked your interest, first of all, Sonia, before we go to Jess to get a guide through this did you just have an interest in all forms of marginal gains in athletics or was it a case of you were somebody who had a super nintendo all the time no no i mean in some ways i'm kind of new to all this technology because you know when i was running 
you know, at my fastest and when I was training at the highest level, we didn't have any technology. Um, you just about had a stopwatch that you were able to time, you know, how long you were out there for. And, you know, if you wanted to measure how far you were going, you either went in the car and you measured a loop on the road or if you were in the park, you'd go on your bike and measure it. And, you know, so it was all a bit of guesswork. And I know when I used to run around the park in Bushy Park, you'd have, you know, certain marks or landmarks, trees, sometimes trees that you hoped stayed there for a good few years as your mile markers around the park. So it was only kind of, I suppose, in my kind of more social and fitness life of a runner that I started to use tech watches, I suppose, and, you know, garments where they measure how far you're running and how fast. And even at that, I was I was a bit reluctant initially because I didn't really want to know how slow I was running. <laughs> and I also didn't want to know that the loops that I thought were 10 miles, maybe they weren't 10 miles, maybe they were only nine miles. <laughs> the um, truth hurts, so, definitely. Yeah, I know. But you see, when I was training at a high level, everything was I thought about was in miles. So it was the pace per mile and the distance was miles. Um, whereas now, kilometers seems to be moving into everybody's mindset. And I had been riding on the bike a lot at the time, cycling on the bike. So then I was using the Garmin for that. And then I gradually started to say, OK, well, maybe if I measure how far I'm going in kilometers and think about the speed in kilometers, then it's it's totally unrelatable to what I used to do so I wouldn't be comparing you know where I was at now to where I was at then and it would be easier for me to kind of get my head around doing that and and that's where it started off so now I have my kind of I know the paces what they mean to me in kilometers whereas I have no idea what that means in miles at a slower pace I know what it means in a faster pace but definitely not in a slower pace so um yeah but I still I still try and keep it simple you know so I I have my Garmin watches, what I like to use. Um, and I actually had a fine triathlon one there for a long time. I only upgraded there recently because I like to do a bit of swimming and cycling as well. So if you can have it all on one watch, it's great. And yeah, the feedback, you know, I love the thing I like the most actually is when you come back from a run and you get to see the picture of where you've been and map, you know, and you can kind of zoom in there and you can see what else is around there and where else, how much further you could go or what more can you explore. So um, I'm as much interested in that as I am in, in the pace and the, the distance that you're going. A hundred percent. And I think every listener can relate to that side of things, Jess, particularly as a stand up comedian who's completely addicted to positive feedback and <laughs> affirmation <laughs> at all times. I do love getting the kudos and I do love monitoring. People love hearing stories about themselves. Right? They, do. Which... they like being told you're the best in class. You're a good boy for doing that little bit of a waddle around the block. And I think like, like Sonia hit upon a few things there. It's nice to be able to track what you've done. There's a sense of accountability because you can get little stars and badges if you go, say, for a run for five days in a row. They'll give you this big celebration with fireworks mm. going, well done, you've hit a five-day <laughs> streak. But then also on your lazy days, it kind of bullies you and gives you a kick up the arse going, you haven't moved in six days. You probably need to do something. So it's about that balance. But the big thing for me, and I'd be interested to hear what you both think about it, is the level of data that the these different devices, whether it is a free app or a watch, you know, you can only really interpret the data if you know what it means. You know, sometimes I'll get a notification saying my heart rate is 120 and I'll Google that and I'll be like, that shouldn't be the case. And it freaks me out. 
So I think we need to sort of balance the want to know and need to know when it comes to this data. Okay, very good point. I mean, there's there's no question I get notifications from my system that frightened the bejakers out of me. Just two nights ago, (laughs) my wife was woken up by my Apple Watch buzzing, telling me that my heart rate had dropped to like 35 (laughs) beats per minute. (laughs) I was like, I did not buy this watch for this reason. I I think, though, you make a really good point here, Jess. And before we get into what to buy and what not to buy, Sonia, interpreting this material that comes in, uh, like some of it is just gobbledygook to me, like pace adjusted for elevation. Uh, my, my, you know, my. <laughs> or oh, that's an easy. That's a, that's a that's a fun one. That is it. Because that means if you were. That means if that means if you weren't. If they're taking into account the hills. So if you didn't run up those hills and you were on the flat road, then that would be your average. Pace. Oh, they're adjusting to that. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Well, I don't know how they. That's that how one they sorted. But, but uh, you know, let's start here then, Jess, because the as I said to you just before we came on air. Tech companies know really well that these runners, the people who listen to the show, have a certain amount of expendable income, either because running is so cheap in and of itself or because it just tends to appeal to a very middle class demographic. They exploit that, I feel, at every turn. But in terms of free stuff for in in a time when all of us are earning less, what do you recommend that's absolutely free? I think if you're a novice runner, if you're someone who's just trying to get a bit fit because maybe the gyms aren't the ideal place to go, I would start with one of the free apps before you go out and spend money on a wearable because it'll give you an indication as to whether or not you're the type of person that needs or wants that level of accountability and needs those kind of stats. I know a lot of people just run to clear their head and they don't care how far they've gone. So there's two that jump out at me. Um, they are RunKeeper and Map My Run. And these two are great because, um, firstly, they're free and they're available on both iOS and Android. And what they do is uh, you can just switch it on when you're going and it will auto detect if you are running, walking, cycling, whatever you're doing. It'll auto detect it, which I like. Uh, It'll then track the route that you've taken, the pace that you're going, and then you can measure it against yourself each day. The thing that I have switched on when I'm using RunKeeper is the in-ear sort of training coach. You know, she'll say you're doing X amount per kilometer, well done, or, you know, you're three seconds faster than your best time. And I find those kind of things quite motivational. It's good for an accountability point of view. And as I said, they're completely free. And I use them more than I do some of the wearables because you don't, I, I kind of get very competitive with myself I'm the worst person for myself to be around it's dreadful but these are kind of they're non-invasive but you still get the data without spending a penny okay well that is going to be a revelation to a lot of people who have invested an awful lot in as Sonia says a Garmin or in my case I've moved from Fitbit to Apple Watch on my 40th birthday thanks to Tina and I was blown away by that stuff and I'm sure for a lot of listeners that's like the of course that's exactly what you need you know the voice in your ear going the last kilometer in this amount of time but you know i find with the free stuff just that it's almost always a gateway drug into here's the cheap version and now you're now experiencing what is it the freemium economy where they're then straight away trying to sell you stuff those two that you mentioned there are those then asking for money after that 
there are the, the premium options, but I never bought into them. So I think on Map My Run and Runkeeper, the extra features that you get are um, sort of calorie tracking and more overall assessment of your well-being and your health. And it'll take your BMI. And that's more information that I, as the casual waddler, would want. But the option is there if you want to buy it outright, buy the, the premium version outright. It's not that expensive. But I don't see the benefit in that. So I would always just use the free option until you've sort of squeezed every single element of, of you know, what you can get from it. I don't see the value in having all of that unless you are a serious athlete or you're training for a marathon or a 10K or whatever it is, in which case it may be worth investing in a proper wearable that can track more of your overall well-being, like your sleep and your movement throughout the day and so on. Okay, well, Sonia, that seems to be what most of our listeners do. And that, you know, while it is good that we've, you know, provided those free options, I think, you know, maybe maybe I've only realised that you were on Fitbit a few years ago, but it definitely was an aspect of the wearable that I felt was a selling point was this community, the idea that we can be connected across these platforms and cheer each other on. Yeah, it's a nice thing. It is something that um, you mentioned that you have an Apple Watch there now because Tina gave you one for your birthday. And I know a lot of people with Apple Watches will have their spouse or their best friend on and they'll try and have little competitions to see who can get the most amount of steps in and so on. That is a nice benefit of it. And it does help with the accountability side of things, but also at a time like this where we're not being as social as we would like to be and we're not hanging out with people. It still allows you to have an element of connection with people. The thing that I would say about wearables, though, Jarlath, is that there's kind of three types in my head. So firstly, there's fitness trackers, and they are ones aimed to track your fitness. Then there's smartwatches, and then there's proper running kit accessories that look like something from Frankenstein, like they're big contraptions. And I think sometimes people can fall into a different trap. They can buy a fitness tracker thinking it's going to be an Apple Watch, but it's only 99 euros, so it's not going to have the features they'd want. Or they'll go out and spend, you know, 300 euro on a smartwatch thinking they can wear it when they're swimming, but they can't because it's not waterproof. And this is when research is super important, because if you walk into any store, if you go online to any store, you will see walls and walls of product. But just because one has a heavy price tag or because one has, you know, five stars on the label, it doesn't mean it's the right one for you. It's the same with laptops, phones and whatever. You need to get something that will serve your purpose, not the other way around. Okay, right. So, Sonia, over to you, because you were the one that said to me the day I got the Apple Watch that you're not a fan. What is it for you that separates or becomes the selling point on one of these for somebody who's listening to this now, who just enjoys the podcast and is like, well, you know, I I would like one, but it just it seems, as you say, just to be a complete mystery as to what's best, depending on what runner's magazine you're reading. or And in the case of a lot of those runner's magazines that are giving reviews of these things, you always have to question how much they've been paid or how much advertising they have with each of the companies. Well, I mean, for me, you know, a bit like running shoes, I think you have to keep it as simple as possible. And, you know, I think... The bell, all the bells and whistles that make something more expensive, you have to kind of cross off all the things that you don't need. And, you know, I suppose, but then the other thing is you don't want to 
you know, cross off things that you don't need now, but you might need them down the track when you kind of get into this a little bit more. So, you know, the basic thing is a stopwatch. For me, like, I typically don't run with my phone. I would bring it if I'm listening to a, a podcast or something like that, but I definitely don't bring it for the purpose of timing myself because how can you know what you're doing if you're carrying like if I'm bringing my phone I don't want to feel my phone on me I have it strapped on so that I, I, I don't even know it's there if I'm anyway aware that my phone is on me then I don't want it with me so yeah I would be very reluctant to recommend apps because to me that interrupts what you're trying to do because if you have an app on then you have your like internet connection on so then you're open to lots of other things disturbing you when you're out there trying to get a bit of peace and quiet and just kind of get away from all this stuff. So that's why I think, you know, a basic stopwatch is for me where you would start and you just go out and you run for half an hour or you run for 45 minutes. Now, most people would want a bit more than that. So then you have your watch that will download onto an app when you come home because, you know, you're not going to be really paying much attention to that information while you're out running, especially when you're starting up. But it's it's quite interesting when you look at it afterwards. Um, and then, you know, I just find if you can see what you're doing on your watch quite easily, and you don't have to be seeing it every minute that you're out running, just every now and then, you can have a quick look down. Um, because the less kind of reliance you have on technology when you're actually out running or, you know, walking or exercising, whatever it is you're doing out there, then the better you can be focused on what you're actually trying to do rather than what your phone or your watch is telling you to do. So I think it's good as a guide and to kind of give you the motivation, but I don't think it needs to be there as a constant like running partner to be egging you on. Like you need to kind of get beyond that pretty quick and use it for, you know, the feedback afterwards, I think is the key thing. And then it just depends on what level of feedback that you want. I mean, I have loads of stuff, information I get back, but I don't really pay attention to very much of it. Just one or two things is enough to kind of give you the knowledge that you've actually been out there and you've put in a bit of a good effort that you can then feel good about yourself and get on with the day. Well, Sonia, as our coach on this show and as my coach and the person who devised my running plan last week, which I have to say has been going really well. It's been a joy all week. That is a really... I need to update week two this week, I think so. I think so, because that is a really, (laughs) really important point, Jess. And one that, you know, we probably would get away from were Sonia not here. And that is that she's drawing us back to the idea that so much of this technology runs counterintuitive to what she has brought me to the place of believing the essence of this is a slightly meditative state that you are aiming to get into. That true running is relaxation and a kind of flow, a flow state where you're no longer thinking, but you're relying on your subconscious and your. Uh, this all sounds very <laughs> hippy dippy, but. Honestly, I, I'm with Sonia on this, that it feels like sometimes, Jess, that the technology is trying to tell us, no, 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 you need to hear this. You need this along the way. You need to have this insole in your shoe, which will analyze your gait as you go, when in fact, so much of it is more obstruction to what is the essence of this sport. 
Yeah, there's a lot of noise. And I think that is something that, you know, when I did, I did, I've only ever done one competitive running thing. And that was a 10K a few years ago. And that was when I was most serious about it. And like that, I stopped bringing my phone with me. I just wore a wearable that synced up to my phone afterwards. And that was the extent of it. However, I find, and you see, I am one of those people that's on their phone constantly. But one thing that I've started to do, because I am still using the free apps when I'm running. So I bring my phone with me, but I'm turning off my mobile data. So I'm not getting, you know, Instagram notifications or anything like that. And I think I will maybe hopefully graduate to a point where I can just wear the wearable and out the door I go. But if you are someone that wants to just leave the phone behind, and you don't want to break the bank buying an Apple Watch, for example, you can get something like the Garmin Vivo Smart 4 for €99. And what this will do is it'll track your steps, your exercise. So again, whether that is running, walking, cycling, swimming, uh, it'll monitor your sleep and your heart rate. So that's a lot for €99. And it means you don't have have to have the phone with you when you're out and about. So that is a a nice sort of entry-level wearable for for anyone thinking about getting one. Okay, right. Well, let's let's put a bookmark there and I'll obviously put all these recommendations up in the Strava group, strava.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. I always reference it every week because that is kind of the community for us here on Irishman Running Abroad. Sonia will even answer your questions directly if you catch her at the right moment moment in there and uh, you can email us directly uh, irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com now strava.com kind of seems to be uh, you know goes without saying that uh, everyone I know seems to be headed that direction but I did want to talk about one thing and that is what you what you put in your ears during all of this it seems like there's a tech convention in Vegas every year for running tech Jess and this side of things seems to be advancing at a very quick rate do you have anything that you looked up in preparation for today that stood out to you as something that we may not know about in that side of things that we should know about I personally am still using the Apple AirPods Yeah, there's a lot of, as I said, the running tech community is massive. I go to that event in Vegas every year and you see the innovations, not just for running, but for all sports. When it comes to headphones and earphones, there is a lot of focus at the moment because obviously if you're running along a road or whatever, you don't want to have full noise cancelling headphones because that can be quite dangerous. What I use at the moment are the Samsung Galaxy Buds Live These are teeny tiny little in-ear buds that kind of look like um, sort of half cashew nuts that sit in your ear. But you can turn on adaptive sound. And that means that when I'm out and about, I can hear, you know, cars going by. I can hear if someone on a bike is ringing a bell behind me. They're very neat. They're very light. They're very discreet. And they're Bluetooth wireless headphones. So you don't have any cables hanging out of you. One thing that I saw this year, though, in Vegas was that they're headphones that kind of sit behind your ear and it puts the sound into your skull almost rather than you rather than you putting anything in or near your ear. It's behind your ear. Sorry, so that what? Sound, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, it the puts sound, the music so, in your skull, not your ears. Into your skull, yeah. So it's kind of, <laughs> you know, the little patches that you put on your chest if you're in hospital, the little suckery things? Yeah. That's the technical term. Um, they kind of sucker onto the back of your head and the sound can go through your skull and it means then that you still have full use of your clusa so you can hear everything going on around you and yeah it's non-invasive non-intrusive it pairs to your phone if you want to a lot of these now pair with your watch as well so again
again, you don't have to bring the phone. But that's where we're going. It's going to be more wearables on your body versus in your ears. Wow. What are those ones yeah, called? Are those ones, are they, are they, are they called open ear wireless bone conduction headphones? That's it. The bone conduction. That's what it is. Yeah, no, I was actually met somebody the other day who had those on. I was curious about them because I, I also wear the AirPod, the AirPod Pro, even though I'm not sure how to do the noise cancelling, which is probably a good thing. But, but I generally, when I'm running, I would only wear one so that then I have, I'm aware of everything that's going on around me. But, you know, as long as you're not running too fast into the wind, you can generally hear everything. But, yeah, no, these new ones, they're kind of interesting because this fellow who had them on, he said he could listen to he had them on in case somebody called him on the phone or you know you could listen to stuff but you're also aware of you know what's going on around you and if there's other people around you can talk to them as well because i always find it kind of strange if you see two people out running and they're both wearing headphones <laughs> yeah you kind of think, well, why are you running together you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it kind of nearly seems rude you know yeah, no, 100%. So I think that maybe, Jess, we get off you a few recommendations that we'll include in the Strava group as well, because I do want to zing through to the more, let's say, peculiar items that people wouldn't have heard about. That's one headphones that play music into your skull and not your ears. But I, I saw I saw all manner of stuff like I mentioned them there, these smart insoles and tracker. You know, they're basically they look like the you know, the in, insides of a computer that you insert into the soles of your shoe. What what from going to that event in Vegas did you see that you were like, what the feck is that? And that'll never take off. Well, this the, it's all about smart clothing now as well. So it's not just the insoles. Um, there are a number of companies that are making running gear that have sensors built in. So you don't even need the wearable watch on your wrist. You can just put on a jersey that has uh, the technology built in. There's this thing called the second skin and it, it does look like a sleeve. You know the way people put on the fake tattoo sleeves? You can do that now and the technology will um, record how far you run, how much you perspire, uh, where you're perspiring from, how hot um, how hot your body gets, all of this different different data is being collected in clothing that you can then pair up to your phone, get the information off, chuck it in the washing machine and do it all again the next day. So the smart thing here is that the, the technology is getting smaller and smaller and neater and neater. And the one thing that I'm waiting for, and I know people will be shouting at their phones when they hear this now, is that the day that we can get embedded chips put into our skin. <laughs> So <laughs> I want to oh, be a cyborg is what that. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. uh, that does raise one point, we'll be, though. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll, be like, we'll be like dogs then, Gerard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to get chips in order to take part in this <laughs> next 5K. Yeah. But uh, Sonia, I don't know about you, how you feel about this. And it is a question that is worth asking, Jess. The data collection of this, I mean, I even feel a little self-conscious with Strava and these things that essentially I'm telling people where I live. Every time I go for a run, they know when I usually go and where I end up each time when like I'd be very easy to kill right now if people are on Strava. (laughs) It's a joke. But But you can you can you can set up an exclusion zone around your house. Sorry, what's that mean? So you can set up a like a privacy circle. So it's a radius of and you can decide how far you want that circle to be around your house so that when you're it won't record 
it won't have on the map what your house. Oh, so now you tell me, Sonia. Kept that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah, good, though. But very, at the yeah. same time, Jess, there has to be concerns about this in the same way as when I did my 23andMe DNA thing. I was a bit like, did I just give my DNA to a company in America? In terms of all of this stuff, is there any questions being raised about that? Because, you know, I mean, there always seems to be some weirdo that's figured out a way to exploit personal information there must be some concerns that way on this stuff there are look i am a big data privacy advocate i think that we need to be more mindful of our information because it's the most valuable thing that we have these big tech companies aren't just making money off fresh air you know what i mean that that's what what they make money from i think we need to be mindful of it i always equate it as sort of this seesaw in my head of is the value that i'm getting from the product worth the information that they want from me and if the answer is no then you don't input that information i do think the exclusion zone thing is great i also think if you are the kind of person that shares your stats online you know people smug people do it they're like oh i just did 23k in six seconds and then upload it to instagram like be smart about it blur out where your starting point is or your finishing point is if it's your home the worst thing i've heard though is people manipulating their stats and sharing them online And I think that is kind of bonkers. People will Photoshop a better time in, which kind of defeats the purpose. But I I just think be mindful of what you're putting out there and don't, I would never start running from outside my apartment. You know, I kind of move down to the green just so they don't know the exact apartment building that I'm in because you don't want targeted ads. You don't want any of this targeted information. You don't want people in your trusted community knowing exactly which apartment I live in. Um, I don't think it's necessary. So I would always be eyes wide open. The other big question, Jarlath, is, you know, with your Apple Watch and your health information and with the Huawei one that I'm wearing now, that has, you know, how much we sleep, how much we get up in the middle of the night, our heart rate. What happens in a few years time if these tech companies do a deal with some healthcare provider or health insurance and, you know, you can't get covered because you don't sleep through the night or because your heart rate is a bit high? That's that's my fear factor with them. That is scary. I mean, that and it was actually not to name drop, but Jerry Buting, who you might remember from uh, Making a Murderer, who was a guest on Irishman Abroad a few years ago when Dean Strang and himself did a tour of Ireland, who raised that for the first time to me. He raised that very thing that you just said there, that that is a possibility. But to get back to our tech that our listeners are essentially navigating this forest recuperation and as Sonia's referred to prehabilitation is another side of this that's massively lucrative. I myself today went on Amazon to look at some to see if there was any form of tech that would help my knees afterwards, just maybe some some form of icing system. Like you often see the Irish rugby players putting on those inflatable trousers after practice. I'm not suggesting that I, I would do that. Although if that company wants to send them, <laughs> I will happily I say give it never, a go. You've never tried them, have you, Gerard? Have you tried them? I have, yeah. And yeah. what well, does I've only it tried do? Them. I, well, it keeps you sitting in one spot for a while, which is... Half oh, it's a good thing if you're, yeah. trying, if, if you're trying to recover, you know, because um, if you're like me and you don't sit down very often, unless you're trapped to the seat because you're plugged into these pants. <laughs> um, so it, it actually keeps you sitting still for a while. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't, I really don't know the benefit because I didn't try them enough. But I had a go of them, and you know, it, it's kind of relaxing to just sit there and it's a bit like meditation. You know, if you commit to doing a meditation or, you know, a breathing technique that you actually sit and you do nothing for a short amount of time. Okay. Um, um, do you but, know the ones we're talking you know, about here, Jess? Yeah, there's a few different um, devices like that, though. And I like the, the sort of prehabilitation thing. There's a weighing scales that I saw when I was in Vegas and you stand on it. And rather than just taking your weight, it'll also um, measure your gait and it'll identify, you know, if you're not holding yourself properly. And you mentioned there about your knees. It can identify by how you stand onto the scale, any type of danger issues uh, when it comes to your posture and so on, which I think is pretty awesome that they're very expensive. But if we can get to that stage of uh, technology saving us an an injury rather than trying to recover from an injury, then I'm all for that as well. Well, my first question, and I don't know if, Sonia, if your question is this, (laughs) how, like how the hell can it tell that from you standing in the one spot on a scales? Like if you look at it, and I'm sure, Sonia, you've seen this through the years in athletics, that there was loads of stuff that was believed to be correct and trustworthy that is in later years, been laughed out of the place. Like if you even the amount of rugby players we've had on the show who've talked about the insane quantities of protein that they were absorbing into their body, the strain they were putting on their kidneys through doing that. How can we be sure that a weighing scales that claims to do these things or any form of technology here that is claiming to do mad stuff can actually do it? I think a lot of this now, well, well, the stuff that I saw in in the States anyway, a lot of it has been driven by scientists and sports scientists and doctors and so on. They're looking at different applications of technology, which I think is pretty cool. Obviously, you need to look at everything with a bit of an arched eyebrow and do your own homework, do your own research and see. But the way this one worked, which I thought was very cool, was you stood on the scale and it depended on the weight. Like Sometimes if you've got an injury, you might put more weight on the good leg rather than the bad leg. But then all so you held out your phone and I'm trying to remember exactly, but basically using um, uh, augmented reality, you held the phone out and it depended on what way, you know, how arched your back was and all this kind of malarkey in relation to the scales. And it, that's how it dictated your posture. It's a bit bonkers, but I do think there there is a lot of headway to be made uh, with this type of technology. And I think we're going to see more of it because, as you correctly said at the top, Charlotte, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in this industry and, and the tech goes where the money is. So maybe we'll ask Sonia here, because uh, one of the things that I pulled up prior to coming on here was kind of the top 10 Christmas gifts for runners. There'd be other people tuning in to think, well, what can I get him or her that's going to blow their mind this Christmas? Something that they never knew they needed or something that they all desperately want, but don't say. Uh, One of the weirdest gifts I got for my uh, birthday was a gigantic toweling jacket robe which is <laughs> essentially to be thrown on after swimming in the sea and I laughed when I got it but it's an incredible piece of kit what do you have Sonia in that you didn't know you needed or what's the piece of tech that you recommend for our listeners that they may not know about well I actually have one of those fine swimming jackets as well I was given a present of but the water's after getting too cold. The water's after getting too cold now, so I might have to save it to next year. <laughs> but um, 
I'm not very, see, I'm not for, very big on having lots of things around the place that I don't need. So I'd be very quick to kind of get rid of stuff that I have to believe it works, you know, for to leave it hang around. So I actually don't have a whole lot of gadgets and things around the place for recovery. The only thing I actually, what I used this week, which was fantastic, and it's not really a gadget, but it's a bit like the ice bath thing, you know, which... You know, that's a very simple thing to do or soon you'll be able to walk in the sea as well. And you can probably combine what I'm going to say now with walking in the sea is. So I got a bag of seaweed the other day that you can buy, you know, mm. <laughs> I don't know what's seaweed. the difference between buying. <laughs> I'm not sure what's the difference between buying a bag of seaweed in a kind of a mesh little bag and going down to the strand here and picking it up and putting it into your bath. Um, but you put this bag of seaweed into your bath and then the oils from the seaweed help you to recover and i've used that this weekend it's fantastic okay well yeah i mean i i I don't know if this is like you know me thinking this or maybe maybe (laughs) i just needed to again sit in one place for 10 minutes and of course it's going to help me recover yeah i mean um, that's probably another big week of everything last week and um yeah no i had my seaweed bath and Twice I've had it this week now, and I thought, wow, this is fantastic. Well, that's probably a um, whole other podcast we have there, uh, Sonia, in that we should probably do an, an episode about alternative medicine and alternatives that are kind of the other end of the spectrum of the kind of technology thing that like Jess, as I raised there, we've got to take their word for it on some of this stuff. But the same is true of a lot of that kind of alterno, this therapies that medicine don't necessarily recognize, but really do work. I'm definitely going to arrange that and set that up. I don't know who the Jess Kelly is of that. But <laughs> Jess, Jess, what? what? That's Sonia's recommendation. What's yours mm-hmm. from all of this trawling and all of these? Obviously, those are business trips to Vegas. I'm sure they're no crack at all. No crack. No. <laughs> what do you recommend? You know what? I think that the biggest thing, and this is a bit of a dry answer, but there is a device for everything. And I think only invest in something that works for you. I know I said it at the top, but I really believe it because I think you can go out and spend thousands and thousands on stuff that just doesn't work. The best piece of tech that I have bought is, um, you know, one of those sunrise alarm clocks because it means my phone is no longer in my bedroom. And I found since I'm out and about running or waddling around the place again, trying to get my exercise in, I'm sleeping much better, but I was still waking up in the middle of the night to check my phone, check my email, check my Twitter. So I got rid of the phone from the bedroom and I've invested in a Philips sunrise clock. And it means I'm waking up not even to an alarm anymore. It's just a fake or simulated sunrise. And I find that sleep is obviously a massive part of recovery and your energy and all the rest for any form of exercise. So I think that would be my recommendation because I've noticed I'm sleeping so much better since the phone has been chucked out of the room. Okay, well, I'm making a note of that now. And as I said, all of the recommendations and maybe a couple more, Jess, if you want to ping them across to me after this, uh, we'll make our list on strava.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Come over and join our running group. Uh, Jess, it's been brilliant to have you on. Thanks so much. And hopefully you'll come back later in the year, maybe towards Christmas, as Garmin and all of these uh, companies wheel out their uh, big push for the holiday season. We'll definitely need advice then. Please do come back. I also wanted to say, Sonia, as you said, the running plan you did for me this week 
was exquisite. I'm not even uh, blowing smoke here. What she gave me, Jess, was really clear and quite easy tasks for the days, like six out of the seven days. And sometimes, honestly, Sonia, I was like, oh, come on. I really want to push this. Uh, and probably that's the male ego kicking in again. But uh, you were so right. Taking it handy and doing, as you said, 25 at an easy pace a lot of the days, it honestly changed the week for me and changed my experience of running as this thing that beats the, the shit out of me, which sh it shouldn't be, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing is you need to, when you have a purpose to your run, then you're focused on what you're doing. So you're not kind of out there thinking that you should be running faster or further because you actually have a specific job to do mm. in your run. Yeah. Now, have you run yet today? Not? No, not today, oh. because I'm preparing oh, for uh, this is a little cross pollination promotion here. But Mark Teig, the author of Champagne Football, the John Delaney book that is flying off the shelves at the moment, is going to join me in an hour's time for a chat about that. And I've honestly been up to my neck in that. I, I mean, I, I don't oh, know if this that's is... Good, that's good. It's good you haven't been out because I have, I have good something good for you this weekend. Okay. So we will get you off on the right foot. I need you to I need you to remind me on a Sunday night to send you the plan. Okay. So well, then you I, can, uh, and uh, as I said, I will pop the plan up on Strava.com forward slash Irishman abroad. A massive thanks again to you, Sonia, and congratulations on the anniversary of Sydney. How did the Cove run go? So it was great. We had a lovely three-kilometer run that we started at the Cove Hospital and we ran down to um, my fine statue in the centre of the town. That's got to be um, weird. We had lovely... Running down to your own statue. <laughs> <laughs> Never well, gets old. Weird, it was kind of weird the other day when I was walking past and I was with a friend and they were kind of questioning, you know, do you think maybe it needs a bit of a cleaning there? And they wanted me to stop and check it out, you know, and I said, listen, I don't stop and check out the statue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wear and tear, you know, it's getting a little bit green from Down the sea. There That's in okay. a balaclava Except at night with a bit of a, a rag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be out there with the, the, the brasso, you know, to shine it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we also need to select our next run. I think we'll announce that on next week's show. And obviously in advance to our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. But you hear it all in the Strava group. My thanks as well to our chosen charity partner jigsaw.ie who have been you know pushing me towards this challenge which is a monthly challenge to do a run each month where we can raise money for them uh, with a view to and I know it's it's crazy at this point it seems nuts to say it the Dublin City Marathon in October 2021 uh, that's the goal my producer was as always Brian Connolly extra research by John Marr shout out to Tina and Mikey for making it all possible Jess Kelly, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll talk. Thanks, Jess. And yeah, I look forward to checking out this sunrise clock as well. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely it getting one. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, Sonia. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. And uh, tune in on Friday for Irishman in America with Marion McKeown. Fair to say we've got quite a bit of good news to sift through there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the New York Times today. A lot of good Trump news coming in there. I'll talk to you on Friday.